Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I said on a record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely wanna defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your Fight Fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman on all other social media. That's right. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. This week, this episode, being joined by Long Island native, Fighting on UFC 268, Madison Square Garden, Mr. Raging Al Iaquinta. He will be uh, previewing his fight with Bobby Green, but also just talking a bunch of other stuff just about, really we get into a really awesome conversation about his experience, you know, that week fighting, uh, you know, which led to him fighting for the title versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, we kind of get into that. We get into a bunch of other stuff, but Al, amazing interview. You will check that out in a few minutes. It'll be on. Um, but right now, I need to get into a little bit of a preview of tonight's big fight. If you're listening to this on Saturday, October 9th, it is the trilogy. It is... Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3. Yes, the trilogy. The rare trilogy in boxing these days, in in any combat sports these days, the trilogy. What do we expect out of the trilogy where 
we saw a draw in the first fight, and then Tyson Fury basically dominate Deontay Wilder in the second fight, and wins by TKO in the second seventh round. Even though the last few rounds was basically a beatdown, where Tyson Fury—I mean, you—you you saw Deontay Wilder look like his eardrum burst from the damage that Tyson Fury was landing on Deontay Wilder. But there's a rematch. There's a rematch clause. And I guess, thankfully, so we got this out of the way or we put this scheduled in it in here so that we didn't have to see the Anthony Joshua-Tyson Fury fight, which we see now that Anthony Joshua is just not who we thought he was. So Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, three. What are we going to see? We're not going to see... The over-the-top walk-in by Deontay Wilder. That's for sure. We got that out of the way. He made his excuses. He said his his suit was too big. His legs were jello. He just didn't have his legs. And it's all because of the 35, 50-pound suit that he had on. Okay, got that. Great. It's out of the way. So he better just walk in there with a little robe, do your normal entrance, and get in the freaking ring. And do not put... Not, do not give anybody an opportunity to criticize what the hell you're wearing and what the hell you're doing. That's the first thing. Tyson Fury, you can do what you want. You're the champ. You've already got this. There's no way to lose this trilogy regardless because at the worst it's going to be 1-1-1, one, 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 which we do not want, which I do not want. I do not want this to go one 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 I got to be honest. I'm kind of rooting for Tyson Fury to dominate and just get this thing over with. Because I do not want a 1-1-1. One, one, and one. A win for Tyson, a win for Deontay, and then the draw. Because then we got to get a fourth fight out of it. It's like Conor. It's like Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Conor's dying to get that rematch again because he broke his foot. Broke his leg. He wants to get back in there because that was not really how he he thought the fight was going to go somewhere else and he was very confident and he trained all his, his ass off and all this other stuff, broke his foot, but he was, he still wants to get back in there. Okay, that's fine. You can want to, but to be, to be fair, that fight was going to end sooner than later with you on your back. Dustin Poirier, clearly the better of the two fighters. We don't need to see a fourth fight. We just don't need to see it. Hey, give me Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. I'll buy into that. That's a great fight. That's a great trilogy. Why not? That seems much more serviceable. Much more of a tastier matchup. And that's the same thing with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is not winning a decision versus Tyson Fury. His one and only way to win is by knockout. We see Tyson Fury constantly. I mean, that guy, over the past few years, what we've seen him do, what he has come back from, the the weight loss, the suicidal thoughts, the addictions, the everything, he has put himself in such a mindset, a winning mindset, he willed himself back up after getting clocked twice in that first fight with Deontay Wilder. 
getting smoked. And he got back up. He, he will if if Deontay touches him, he will get back up again. No questions asked. That will happen. If he gets touched, though. Because that's the thing. We've seen Tyson now many times weave and bob and just go with the punches, roll with the punches. I mean, when does he get touched flush? He got touched flush the first fight. If that, not so much. And that's and that's what makes him great. He's able. He moves so soundly for such a big guy. He is quick. He can avoid the strikes. And Deontay is just going to sit there and just try to land that one big knockout punch. And it comes almost lucky when he lands it. When his opponent gets lazy and gets lax. And I don't see Tyson being lax. I just don't. So, we're at the trilogy point. We're here. Let's get this done. I don't know if it's, if Tyson's going to knock him out again. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, Di- that Deontay's going to be a little bit more careful, less careless. And I, I, clear, I, I, I know that he's going to go in there with more of a purpose. But the question is, does that make a difference? No, because Tyson Fury is that much better. Lock it in now. And then the betting favorite, I think he's just 250, minus 250. And I think Deontay's a plus 225, if I'm correct. Um, I mean, if you if you want to go, obviously, the, the, the money line, you know, going money-wise, plus 225 is, is crazy if Deontay does win. But will he? That's the thing. Will he will he get an opportunity to touch Tyson Fury? No, I don't think so. I think it's a waste of time. Waste of money. That being said, UFC before that, you got the uh UFC event with Miss Mackenzie Dern. And hold on, let me pull this up. Because they screwed this up some for some stupid reason. Google changed it. All you had to do is put UFC in the Google search, and you go right to the events. Well, now they make you put UFC events in the Google search, and I'm too lazy for that. I don't want to do that. I just want to put UFC, but I had to put UFC events. It's fine. Mackenzie Dern versus Maria Marina Rodriguez main event. Randy Brown, Jared Gordon, Colmain, Tim Elliott, Matthias Nikolai, uh, Nikolou on uh, on the uh, the featured fights of Bina Mazo, Maria Agapova. And then Chris Gutierrez and Felipe Calaris to um those those are the the main card. Um prelims, you got Charles Rosa on there, Damon Jackson, Jared Vendera, um Vendera, excuse me, Jared Vendera versus Alexander Romanov, heavyweight fight. Um and they were supposed to be Phil Hawes versus um Deron Wynn. Wynn had to get out of the fight. So uh Curtis, what is it, Curtis, Chris, I'm screwing up the name now. But his trainer basically went in and offered to fight. Looked like it was going to happen. 
And then, um, and then Hawes decides to back out. Then all of a sudden, when Hawes backs out, James Krause says he'll take over the fight. So it started with two guys, was going to finish with two other guys, and then they just scrapped the whole entire thing. But the attempt was there. So I guess that's cool, right? The, the, the attempt was worth it. As far as... Uh-oh, Randy Brown events at Jared Gordon's co-main event weight miss. Oh, everyone's always missing weight. I'm Sometimes I don't even I don't even worry about it. It is what it is. Jared Gooden, not Jared Gordon. What am I talking about? What am I doing? Anyway. So, yeah. So it's it's not the best card. It's not the most exciting card. It is what it is. It's a card. It's nice to watch. And it's a nice little... See, I will sit there and watch the UFC event into the Fury Wilder event. And it's a better lead-in than anything else that they're going to put on that pay-per-view event. Like, there's nothing on those prelims leading into Fury and Wilder that's going to interest you. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Those names don't ring a bell. They don't... They don't no one step, uh, sticks out at all. I'll waste the $70, $60 on the main event to watch those two fight, and they'll drag that thing out for an hour, and I guess that'll be worth it. But I'm sitting watching the UFC fights all day. That's what I'm doing. Because at least those event, those fights, they, they, they're a little bit quicker, and there seems to be more action. So I'll watch that as the leader. So it was a smart job by the UFC and Dana and all of them to to do that. Um, all right, well, listen, let's get off with the rambling. Done with the rambling. Um, here he is, UFC 268 lightweight, Al Iaquinta. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and joining us right now fighting uh, at MSG on November 6th. It's Raging Al Iaquinta. What's going on, Al? What's up, man? What's up, Pete? I'm... Uh... I'm on my way to a workout right now. Very glad that we're able to connect. And uh, I know it's been a long time coming, so thank you for having me. Dude, it's my it's my pleasure. It's my honor, dude. I've been I've been waiting to talk to you for quite some time. I've been a big fan of you for quite some time. I got family that's like so close to you. I got family that lives in C for Leventown, and I don't understand how we never cross paths. Yeah, it's uh, it's that that is surprising. You know, Long Island is a small I, I actually lived in Seaford for like six years. I just moved to Merrick. Um, about two years ago. But before that, I was in Seaford, living in Wantaw forever before that. But uh, better late than never, huh? <laughs> Listen, let me, let, let's me let let's talk about your upcoming fight. You, you're fighting November 6th, MSG. Bobby Green, how are you feeling going into this fight? How, how are you physically right now? Is everything, are you 100%? I mean, it's never really 100%, right? As far as yeah, physically? I mean, you always have little things and this and that, but for the most part, this is the, this is the best I've ever felt. Uh, training hard, back on a good schedule, good regimen. Uh, you know, it's like um, I, I had a lot of a lot of hiccups in the road in the last two years, and to finally be back where um, physically, mentally, I have to be to to get in there and be confident in my skills. It's uh, it's really just uh, it's like. Uh, 
just short of a miracle, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, uh, question for you, because you happened to get lucky during this pandemic. I'm not sure if lucky is the right word, but you didn't experience the fights with no crowds. You didn't have to You didn't have to deal with that at all. So, But you have had a, le- a long layoff. So it, it, in, in your aspect, you know, coming back to fighting MSG hometown with the crowds returning, this is the first time that the, 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 the Garden or the New York is going to have a, uh, an MMA fight in over two years. So how is it feeling to be fighting in your hometown for this type of fight? Uh, it's, it's an amazing way to come back. It, it couldn't, couldn't, have been, um, couldn't have been done any better to come back to uh, Madison Square Garden, one of the best cards ever, really. And uh, UFC always brings a great card to the Garden. And to be on it, is uh, it's incredible with the crowd coming back. I uh, would have would have liked to have been fighting for the last two years, even if there was no crowd. But um, definitely, if there was a time to be out, I guess that was the time. So definitely looking forward to it. And MSG is the dream for anybody that's in any combat sport, boxing, MMA, uh, show business. Madison Square Garden is the mecca. That's where, uh, that's where it all goes down. So it's a dream come true. Al, are you, you're obviously a local New York guy. Uh, are you a big? Do you have some sports teams that you're really into at all, or no? Are you more just just fixed on the box, the, the fighting world? Uh, growing up, I was a big hockey fan. I was I was uh, actually an Islander and Ranger fan. Kind of weird. Is but, that legal? <laughs> right. You know what it is. I loved. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I just root for New York teams, I guess. I don't know. I'm not really uh I would go to the Islanders games all the time, get the guys autographs. It was right up the block from me, you know, like ten minutes to NASA Coliseum. But the Rangers were really good. So I kinda had the best of both worlds. Um Yeah, I, I, I went to I not never really a huge basketball fan, but I would always go to the Knicks games just for the uh just for the show really. Just hop on, hop on the, the Long Island Railroad, and you're at Madison Square Garden less than an hour, and have a couple beers on the ride in. <laughs> it's always uh, a good crowd on the trains, and then afterwards coming back home, everyone was a little rowdy, especially when the teams won. So yeah, it was just uh, just a good, good good time. Are are you a, are you into baseball? Are you into the football? Are you are you buying into the Jets and Giants after their first victories? Are you looking into the tonight's a big night for baseball? Yankees, Red Sox. Are, are you feeling that at all? Are you going to watch that tonight? You know, probably not. I'll be in the gym. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be in the gym training. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's, uh, I used to be a lot more into the other sports, but once you, once I really got into fighting, it was, it was not, nothing as intense. You know, you watch a 15-minute fight and, in 15 minutes, you get what you get in a two-hour football, baseball game. You know what I mean? Who, so for me, who really turned me, you, who really turned you into into the fighting game? Out of curiosity, like what was the what was the big moment for you where you're like, this is what I this is I'm hooked. I always had a fascination with fighting. I always I wrestled in high school, and I like the fact of mano y mano, one-on-one, the amount of work you put in is the amount of success you get out. It really is. No matter where you start, you know, everyone has, like, their natural starting point physically and mentally and everything. But with wrestling, I found that you could just put in the work, and the people that were working the hardest were the people that were getting their hand raised more and more. And that stuck out to me. One of my friends was into the UFC and kind of got, got me into it. In high school, we went to UFC 53 in Atlantic City. Mm. And I remember the energy in the arena. I had been to hockey games, baseball games, football games. I had been to everything. But there was no feeling like being uh, in the crowd at a UFC event. When when someone got knocked out or when um, I remember there was a, a, a guy went for a submission attempt. And everyone went nuts because they thought he was going to get it. And the other guy escaped. And I didn't know what I was looking at, but I knew that that guy had trained that escape thousands of times in practice to be able to escape uh, uh, from a position where his arm was about to get broken and he escaped. And now the crowd went nuts because, you know, it was the energy in the place. And that ended up being Matt Serra. At the time, I didn't know. (laughs) Who, uh, you know, I didn't really know. I knew he was from Long Island, but I didn't know uh, much more than that. And here we are years later. He's my coach. And uh, I, I left the arena that day, and I was like, I'm doing that. I need If I was this wired just watching a, a, a fight in the stands, I need to know what it feels like to be in there and doing it. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, year, years later, here we are. It's amazing. I, I have to say that I've had the privilege of of seeing a lot of amazing fighters. I saw yourself with Khabib uh, at Brooklyn. We were we actually doing a live broadcast on air. Uh, we thought we were going to be doing the wrapping up the post game from 1 to 3 a.m., but you guys were still fighting as we hit the airwaves. I think you guys were just walking out. Or I think it was 12, whatever what time it was. You guys were just walking out. It was a crazy night. It was a crazy long night, and you guys were just walking out as we started the broadcast, you and Khabib. It was it was nuts, but I saw the. it was funny because the biggest pop I think I, I've heard for a UFC fight, like I was there for the BMF fight with uh, with Jorge Masvidal and Diaz. I was there for the Connor champ champ fight, but I think the biggest pop that I've ever heard was after Chris Weidman won at Nassau uh, versus um, versus Gaslam. It was it was incredible. You think it's not even that doesn't even hold as many people as MSG, but but the hometown crowd being there was nuts. Yeah, it was that was really that was something else. 
That was uh, what a great night. Uh, National Coliseum. I mean, that was uh, yeah. That, that it doesn't get much better than that. I was I was there for that fight, and we were going nuts. Yeah. Um, Chris came back. He got he kind of got dropped in the end of the first round, and it was, it might not have been looking the best. And then he comes back and lands that submission shortly thereafter. And the Long Island crowd was going absolutely crazy. There were so many people there that you, you, we just walked, you know, through the parking lot, walking to the fights, and you saw we saw so many people that we knew, and and it was like a big Long Island reunion. Everybody from, uh, you know, it's a small wrestling community. We saw everybody from the wrestling community, everybody from the football, the the sport, high school sports, and. Um, the fight fight community, everybody came out to support Chris. It was it was really something else. No, it was it was phenomenal, and it was just it was amazing. You're right, Gaslam landed a shot too, and it was just like it's weird because you see how big, tall Chris is, and Gaslam's not definitely a shorter guy, but he was able to touch him up. It's it's crazy to see. Every time I see fights, especially yours too, it's it's always a chess match. And sometimes like the, the matchups, the styles make fights. And a guy like you have been a, you've been able to dominate a guy like Kevin Lee. And I see that Kevin Lee has always had promise, has always had you know a hyped up type of of uh, of aura about him. He moves up now to the welterweight division, and he still is having issues. And you've been able to dominate someone like him. Explain to me how how matchups like like yours, how you're able to dismantle someone like that who's again. So hyped up in the in the UFC. Yeah, I think Kevin Lee's just he can't get out of his own way. He really is just he's uh, he he's a specimen. There's no reason that a guy with a um, you know a build like him shouldn't be the champion or or anything. He's just it's in his own head. Uh, the way he talks before a fight. You know, it was his first fight at 170. Um, Going back to 170, I think he was unsuccessful the last time he was at 170, and he's already saying that he could beat the champ or whatever. And he, it's really just, um, you know, lack of self-awareness. And then there's not there's nothing that will bring you to reality faster than a UFC fight. And you real when you realize after uh, you know five seven minutes that this guy's not going anywhere and that maybe you're going to have to work a little harder than you thought it was. You, you, you weren't going to just walk through everybody at 170. It, it can, and I think that's what happened. He thought he was, he went in there. He thought he was already top five, as he said in some of his interviews. I'm already top, basically already top five. He said he's looking at Kamar Usman. Goes in there against the guy that's taking it on short notice and the guy was hanging in there strong mm. and then ended up, ended up started to come back. And I think that just mentally broke Kevin Lee. He thinks he's, you know, it's just the mentality going in. You gotta, you gotta have your mind in the right spot. Um, and you gotta really, you gotta be real with yourself going into it. Your coaches have to put you in situations in the training room where you know where you're at going into it. And, and uh, really everything around you has to be, in in a line with uh, with who you are, I don't think he. I, I think he's just. I don't think he's himself. Um, in interviews, I don't think he's himself really in like life. So I think it it it's super real when you get in there and there's no hiding. So when you realize when you realize in a fight that um, who you've been portraying this whole time, it's coming out that you're not. You kind of break. 
and that's what happened. It's funny you say that because you you know you definitely need hype men for sure. You definitely need someone to hype you up because you need to have that. You need to have that energy. You need someone to tell you like you can do it because it can't. You some days you have rougher days in the gym or whatever it is, and you need someone else to, to motivate you. Uh, I, I think. But you look at like guys like, like Stipe in that France, the second Francis Ngannou fight where Francis stuffed the takedown. That was it. The game, the game, the night was over. Like once Francis stuffed that takedown for Stipe, it was like night night Stipe. Same thing with Connor and Nate and Nate. Diaz in their first fight. When Connor tried to knock Diaz out a couple times and Diaz stood up, it's like, okay, that's not working. I had, I need a different approach and I don't have one. And that's the same thing with Kevin Lee, probably going to a, a higher weight class, thinking he has that edge and and then realize that Daniel Rodriguez is a legitimate fighter. He's a really good fighter. You're not going to take him down that easy. Uh, and and that unfortunately is a rude awakening to to uh, Kevin Lee. But I, it's amazing. Like you have, But you have to have those hype men around you, no? Uh, it's a balance. I think there's a balance between a realistic, a realistic. Uh, I, I guess you call it a hype man, but not really. You really a hype man. I don't know. It's got to be a realistic. Look, this guy's tough, but you can take him down, or you're gonna have to work for it. And you might not get the first takedown. You might have to get the. You might get him t- down quick. For, you know, quick in the beginning, and then you're gonna have to keep working for it. Keep working for it. And that's what you really have to be told. I think, uh, you know, I think whether it's Kevin Lee telling himself that it's all going to be easy or whether someone's telling him that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what is going on in his head, but it ain't the right thing. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Two more questions for you. Uh, speak about hype. Dude, the the, the Brooklyn uh, UFC that you were at, where you were up against uh, Khabib, was a crazy uh, week of of events that led up to you fighting Khabib. You know, whether you know, obviously Tony was supposed to fight Khabib, where that fight will never happen. Clearly now, um, then Max Holloway steps in, and then next year, you know, you're the one who's given that. Um, that gift of a fight for for a title, and to be honest with you, you fared great. You did great. You took five rounds with the Khabib. Not many people can say that. Not many people can say that. But explain to me, a when did you actually get the notification that when did you get the feeling that you might actually be considered to fight Khabib? And then at that moment in time, did you sit down with your camp and like how did you reapproach how to fight a guy like Khabib? Uh, the UFC called me and they said, "Come down to the office." You- uh, we want to talk to you, and I, I, at that point, I knew. I mean, I had been kind of campa- campaigning for it. I had been campaigning for it. I was sure there was rumors it was going to be Pettis and Felder, who I was supposed to fight. So I just went downstairs, and I started yelling across the hotel room at Sean Sean Shelby, the matchmaker. I said, Shelby, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I'm the guy. And uh, and then went back, up, went back up to the room, and I got the call, and I knew that it was um, – it was maybe it was maybe like thirty hours before I got the call that it was going to be me, and at that point there really really wasn't much. Um, I just kind of went in there with the, I just kind of went in there with what I had, and I was gonna just give it my best, give it my best shot. I had only trained for three rounds. I hadn't been training for a wrestler, but I kind of just told myself I was going to rely on my career's worth of training. I've wrestled in high school a year at Nassau Community College. I went out to Jay Robinson's 28-day intensive wrestling camp two times, and I knew that my wrestling was probably better than any person he's fought in the UFC yet. And, uh, yeah, I just went out there and just 
said I was going to go after him, which right after, right, right in the beginning, I went right after him. Uh, but the guy's good, man. He was good. He was well prepared. He's that's why he is uh, one of the greatest of all time. You know. Do you think that you're? I mean, we know that he's he's right. You said he's elite. He's one of the goats. He's one of the best wrestlers of all time. But do you think that you were actually because it looked like to me that your wrestling actually held up with him and he had to stand because your wrestling was was just as good? Did you feel that way in the cage with him? Yeah, after the first takedown, he got me down and I, I hadn't really been expecting. He shot like a low single, uh, something I really didn't see him shooting. But after that, I kind of got the hang of it. And definitely once we got a little uh, like sweaty, I was able to slip out of some stuff and and take down, get back, get back up to my feet once he got me down. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely grew um, as the fight went on to stopping his takedowns. And yeah, I think that he was, um, it was his first round, first five round fight. It was his, yes, it was his first yeah. fight going, going five rounds. So I think he didn't really want to expend too much energy trying to get those takedowns. And, and I think that once I stopped a few, he realized that was how it was going to go. So he, he, yeah, he was he was uh, way more apt to standing up because he didn't want to expend the energy uh, in a five round fight to try to get me down. Do you do you, is he the strongest fighter at the lightweight division that you've ever fought as far as wrestling wise? Is he he is he did you, is there a noticeable difference in strength? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I'd say it's it's a strength and and it's tech, technical strength where where he distributes his weight when he gets you down. You know, there's guys that weigh 100 pounds, but when they get you down, they can feel like they're 500 pounds by the way they put their weight on you and the way they drive their shoulder into your neck and control your head. There's just little little nuances to pressure to where a guy that, at Khabib's weight, he was probably like 180 pounds at the time, felt like he was 200 plus. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, last question for you, Al, because I know you're busy. I know you got a, you're just a busy man. Are you, are you selling any houses today, by the way, or no? <laughs> I just closed. Just closed on um, a buddy. Yep, yep, yep. There John we go. Gian Vellante, who will also be on the card November. Big 6th. man Vellante, got oh, dude. I love that man. I've met him a few times. Uh, he is, dude. He's unbelievable. He he's always got. He always brings it. <laughs> he really does. He's 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 uh. He, he was probably out of out of everybody I've worked with, the biggest headache. But also, we had the most laughs at the same time. He he sold his house in Long Beach, and uh, well, he's bringing his talents back to Levittown. He's gonna his his kids will go to Levittown, MacArthur, where he went and terrorized the place just like he did. So we closed uh, a little while ago. But right now, I'm just focused on the fight. I got a couple of rental properties that takes up a little bit of my time. Um, you know, maintenance and stuff like that. So I've just been been focused on that, looking at hopefully uh, getting a few more rental properties in the future. And uh, yeah, it's, is, it's a good. Is rentals where you make the most money, or is it is it the is it the house the sale of the house? Uh, it's the sale. You know, the sale. You, you get that uh, commission check, and then try to instead of spending that commission check, I try to put it into a, an investment property. So, you know, or a couple, sell a couple of houses, buy a property, sell a couple of houses, buy a property. How many properties do you have? Uh, three, three. I own three, three houses right now. They do very well. 
Are they one family? Are they two family? What what type of properties are them? Are they? Uh, two two families. They're two family houses. Oh my god! Uh, so you're just rent. You're just raking in the rent too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I've I've definitely found a niche that is pretty good. On Long Island, it's difficult to, but the taxes being tax so is high. Taxes so high, and, dude. Yes. Yeah, the taxes are so high. So I've I've kind of I've got I've locked out. I found some good. I've you know through being a real estate agent and uh, I I in the beginning found a couple of good investment properties for friends that I know, and then kind of got my feet wet doing that. I've I've gotten really good at finding investment properties where you can. Invest a little bit of money, put some uh, put some equity, a little bit of renovations, not nothing crazy, but uh, it'll increase the rent roll and the return on your investment. It's been working for me, so I'm I'm really looking for. I think that's going to be once I'm done fighting, that's going to be my my thing. Is kind of two two family houses on Long Island, try to build up a really big portfolio, and um, yeah, that's it. Dude, that and you got the Call Me Al show now too. So you got a lot of different areas that you could uh, give promote promote the podcast, promote the show, promote the uh, your 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 uh, your agency, promote it all right now, so everyone can uh, can go check it out and hit you up when they need the house. <laughs> uh, Thursday nights on uh, on on you can find it on YouTube, Twitter, the Haps app, the Call Me Al show. We, uh, my, myself and Aaron Weinbaum, who's an uh, incredible Twitter personality, we have a uh, great show uh, bringing, we, call, we have guests calling in, we discuss everything from what's going on in mixed martial arts to current events and all the craziness that's going on in the world. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent anywhere in the United States of America, I can help you out. Let's go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Ally Aquinta everywhere. I think that's it, man. November 6th, Madison Square Garden, live on ESPN. Let's ESPN go. Interview. Let's go. New York representing. Al, listen, man, I appreciate the time. You were, you were freaking awesome. Let's do this again, uh, either before or after the fight. I'd love to get you in studio sometime, too, my friend. I appreciate it. And, and good luck the whole way, and I'll, uh, and I'll talk to you soon, man. But this is awesome. This is fun. Absolutely. It was great, great talking to you. And, yes, we'll be in studio before you know it. Raging Al is the man. And that was awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing him fight in MSG, which is going to be awesome. Um, I think it's the first time he's fighting. Yeah, he's the first time he's been fighting in MSG. He was at Barclays uh, versus Khabib, obviously. But this is, I think, his first in MSG. Um, so we're looking forward to that coming up. Thank you again for listening, as always. Thank you again for following at the Hoff WFN, at the Fight Fan WFN. At the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Everywhere else, meaning Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WFan.com, and the Odyssey app. I will be back next week again with more as we break down more fights and everything else. You're listening to The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 